Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus no The Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest <laughs> With Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Hannibal. Mr.com. On WEEI.com. Just the two of us today, Andy Hart and myself. No guests today. Sorry. Sorry to people looking for Paul Perillo or Megan O'Brien, any of those people. Just us two today. So sorry. Screw Paul Perillo. Oh. Did you? Did you see the little Paul Perillo story on the internet, by the way, before, before we get into the, the good stuff? Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. Well, I tweeted out, I don't know, I, apparently I follow St. Elmo's on Twitter, the steakhouse in Indy. So they tweeted out just like a picture of shrimp cocktail. I don't remember, so I just retweeted and said like, first time in like two decades, I haven't had the shrimp cocktail yep. in February, whatever. And comes to find out that the PFW PU peeps had... Um, ordered some of the cocktail sauce because you can get it bottled and they had like shrimp cocktail in their studio to celebrate the non-combine combine whatever and paul as you know doesn't eat shrimp but he likes the cocktail sauce so he's he's eating it off like crackers and bread at times yeah yeah, yeah. apparently the other day he ate it off a flipping cookie like literally a cookie because disgusting. like that's disgusting that's gross I, I, I mean, I know people sell you on the sweet and the, the savory or like you can book. You can't sell me on that. That's gross. Cocktail sauce on a cookie? Yeah. Like, I told him I would have just like licked it or, or poured it on my mouth if I really wanted it. Why, like, like you said, there are no crackers around, like anything, bread. Anything. Yeah. Very, str- very strange. But anyway, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. We're all missing out on the uh, shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo's because there's no combine. Sad, sad, yeah, sad. Yeah, Th- those were some, some good restaurants in India. That's, I've always said that like, India's an underrated city for the restaurants. Uh, yeah, I like Indy. And yeah. the fact you can just walk around through the skywalks, never go outside. Yep. Like, it's a nice little city. I wouldn't say it's like a, you know, a destination vacation site because it's, you know, Indianapolis. But if you're looking for like a weekend, like, I don't know, I think it's a decent place. Or if your kid had like, because they do a lot of dance conventions and all, like yeah. your kid had to be in one of those. It's, it's a decent place for you to have to go. Yeah. I wouldn't your- say take the family in, in you know, April, but. No, nah, I mean, I. I the Indy 500, I guess, would be one draw there or sure. some NCAA tournament. Yeah, like this this year. All, everything's in Indy, I guess you could right. sell yourself. But yeah. Oh. Okay, anyway, Perosi. So Mike Giardi tweeted today, the Patriots and plenty of other teams are not enamored with the current class of free agent quarterbacks. Of course, that could change. See Jimmy G and Mariota, but as of right now, the several that I've spoken with are hoping for other dominoes to fall and create more and better inventory. What do you make of that? Captain Obvious. Like, this is what we've basically been talking about. And I'm including some of the not true free agents. Like, you can say Mariota or whoever else. Right. Like, it's underwhelming. It's part of the reason, it's sort of the root of, A, my saying, well, what about Jared Stidham? Like, if we're going to talk about mediocre or failed QBs or whatever. include Jared Stidham, then, yeah. And I'm to the point where I'm, I don't even want to focus on QB anymore. I'd rather focus on absolutely everything else because I think, like, to me, Henry Anderson, the defensive lineman cut by the Jets, is more intriguing than a lot of these quarterbacks because I think he could actually be good and impactful. Help you, yes. Not as impactful as a quarterback, but in his role as a rotational defensive lineman, I think he's a potential contributor or a a net positive for your team. The quarterbacks, it just – it is what it is. You're, there's not good quarterbacks out there. It's what everybody does this time of year in other places, places that don't have franchise QBs. You talk yourself into coaches, GMs, fans, talk themselves into, well, did you see Mariota in the one game he played last year? If he could do that 15 times, he could. if he could do that 15 times, he wouldn't be in Oakland. He'd still be in Tennessee, and he would have been, you know what I mean? Like these guys, the things people talk themselves into. But, yes, I – could very easily see why GMs look at the inventory, as Giardi puts it, of quarterbacks and go, ugh. And it's, it's why we've been having the same discussions for the last month where you're trying to sell yourself on a certain guy where it's not like this is an obvious fit, this is an obvious fit. It's trying to make it sound like it's a fit when it's really not, and you're trying to convince yourself to sort of see something that's probably not there. And it's also the reason that during the year – I was more adamant that, no, Cam, can't be Cam. Can't, anybody but Cam, ABC, somebody told me I needed to join the ABC party on Twitter, like anybody but Cam. And yet now you open the door maybe a crack because you say, well, the devil you know, the guy who's going to be in his second year in the system, maybe that's actually good enough. Because all you're looking for is, you know, those stupid commercials where, yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a good doctor. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for just get up above crappy. Just get like a half a notch above crappy for next year. Because anyone who thinks you're getting a multi-year franchise playoff quarterback, I think you're, I think you're fooling yourself. And you're I think hoping that Jimmy Garoppolo becomes available and he's that, and that's that's like that's the ceiling, Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Unless yeah, and that 
entails some other team falling in love with somebody like multiple moves. It's like a multi-step process. So it's just, and, and the lack of talent, the lack of, or, you know, the lack of ability to really talk yourself into somebody is how you end up back with, well, maybe Cam will be a little better this year and maybe will he'll have learned to not throw. Cause, cause that's the other thing. Everybody's he can't throw. I agree with it. He can't throw, but maybe he'll be more comfortable in his limitations maybe next year. Comfortable. Maybe there's other, his receivers are better that make him look better. Like there's I, a, you can talk yourself into those things. Right. Get marginally better. Or maybe, and I, you know, he said it at one point in that I am athlete thing with Brandon Marshall, just let me go. Like maybe you just go back to, if he gets hurt, he gets, forget the sustainable is week one. Nope. Cam, you want to run dead head on into that Aaron Donald, that defensive tackle, then run yeah. into him. Yeah. If it, if it doesn't last, it doesn't last. If the wheels fall off, but, that's when he was at his best. He won an MVP playing fullback by all, you know, like he ran straight forward. Maybe just get back to that. Then, then you have your backup, whether that's Jared Stidham or your draft pick or whatever. So yeah, the, uh, the options are not very, A, they're not plentiful. B, they're not, it's, it's neither quality. I guess it's quantity, but they're certainly not quality. No. And that's why, and I would take that next jump into, okay, so where do we want to go here? Let's go Gardner Minshew first. Okay. Because he's the latest, greatest. We've talked about this a lot. Every week, there's a different name that people get all excited into. over and talk yeah. yourselves into. Yes. This week, your guy Fitzy, my guy Tanger, Gary Tangway, my Sunday host, they're all in. That Minshew mania is, is the man. He has the upside. He has the ability to throw for 4,000 yards. And, like, don't get me wrong. He's had some good games in the NFL. He's yeah. had some highlights. I mean <laughs> – could you do worse? Yes, I think you could do worse than Gardner. Now, I don't know how you're getting him. I don't know if they're trading well, him. That's the thing, right. He's on a free agent. No, he's a, and they're going to have a young quarterback coming off shoulder surgery. Now, it's his left shoulder, not his throwing shoulder, but Trevor Lawrence will be entering the NFL coming off labrum surgery on his left shoulder. You have a guy that has shown the ability to be a starter for you. I mean, they might just want him to be the backup and the, the fill-in yeah, starter like, ever. If you're going to get Gardner Minshew, you're probably going to have to overpay in a trade competition, right? Like, they're not going to give him away for free like the Raiders might be doing with Mariota. I wouldn't think so. Now, timing and all this, I don't know how all the bodies and musical chairs play out. The one thing I would say that if I were Urban Meyer in Jacksonville, that might be a, a weird black mark against Minshew would be his popularity. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted to avoid... Oh, Trevor Lawrence has struggled in his first three, four starts. Fans are starting to want Minshew Mania to come back. You could have a more quiet backup quarterback, a right. less notable. Um, but I think there might be a market for him. Suddenly, are you trading a – would you trade a third-round pick for Minshew? Right. You know, right. I, I, and if you have to, is that worth it? Or does some weird late bidding war – you know, come together some other. The rest and, of the league sees what the Patriots are seeing. There's no good options available as free agents. You might as well try to tap into a guy in a trade. Yeah, and and it's also not impossible for another team to say we need a backup quarterback. That's a good cheap backup quarterback. I'll give up a decent draft pick to to get the guy that's making eight hundred and seventy eight or nine hundred right. grand or whatever to be my good value backup quarterback. I have a starter but I'd like to have somebody ready to go to help out. So I don't know. Minshew does not really, I think he's a young version of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like, yeah, 
and and that's it's both a compliment and a debt like Ryan Fitzpatrick's had a nice career. He convinces people every once in a while that he's their starter, that, yeah. you know, the Bills gave him money. Like, mm-hmm. he's just good enough to convince you he's a he's had a nice NFL career. He's made a good chunk of money. He's been – he's a solid backup, journeyman backup. But, and, but when you commit to him as your starter, you generally regret it not long thereafter. Yeah, you generally go 7-9 and nine and miss the playoffs and then move on to somebody else. Which is where you don't want to be if you're the Patriots, but the reality is, I think that's where you are. I don't think there's any way you're not that. And then that gets me back to use your draft picks on wide receivers, tight ends, defensive front, fix your team. And then hopefully the quarterback position becomes more obvious. at some Well, that's point. what I was going to say. You, you've been kind of beating that drum. Just go everyone besides quarterback. What happens next year? Like it's rumored that the draft class is not very good. I don't think that we're going to have a number of names available next offseason as there is this offseason. So, like, where would you – wouldn't you sort of just be back to square one next year? But a year ago, you didn't think there was a shot in hell that Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson were available. And not that they are right. a Patriot – whatever. But those names weren't really in the cycle. There will no. be guys next – even golf a year ago wouldn't have been – in the cycle. Now, I don't know that you want those guys. Forget that. I'm just saying, I think there's a chance every year from here on out, the way the mentality is. I mean, Dak Prescott, if he gets franchised again, he's available. And are they going to franchise him again and then sign him after that with like a $70 million signing bonus after having committed to him for multiple years on the franchise? Like guys have a way of becoming available or Carson Wentz or whoever, you know, it just, it's unfortunate. Like, I don't like to say that. If I'm, if I'm making $20 million a year to guide a multi-billion dollar franchise, I don't like telling my boss, Robert Kraft, when he goes, so, okay, so we're going to do this, but what are we going to do next year? Ah, we'll see. Something will come available. Like, it's right. admittedly not a Well, same great... thing, not only with Kraft, but the fan base. Like, what is the fan base? Right, but I think you can um, kind of do the magic trick. You know how magicians – they, they yeah. make you look over here when they're doing something over here. Well, if you get Kyle Pitts or Jalen Waddle and you get, you know, you spend your money on Shaq Barrett. I'm just throwing names out. Like you put a few like real fun additions on the field. I think maybe you can distract them long enough to feel like you're achieving something, feel like you're building something, moving in the right direction. And I mean, that only lasts – a certain period of time. And then they're like, wait a minute. Yeah, this is all nice. Who's the damn quarterback. Right. So you're going to have to answer that in the next 12 to 18 months. I just personally, unless things shake out weird, I, I still live and this will transition us now into the young quarterback talking the draft. I still Trey Lance to me is the, the new wild card in the draft Yep. where some people think he's, what he always has been a top prospect up there with Wilson and Lawrence. He's one of the three most talented could be top five, whatever. And then you start to hear whispers. Could he fall to 15? Could he fall beyond 15? Right. So I haven't ruled out a Trey Lance opportunity. I'll say, I don't know if the Patriots like him. No, that's the other issue is, you know, they had an opportunity with Jordan love. We would have said Jordan love a year ago, but they didn't pounce on that opportunity. I still like the idea of him. You're swinging for the fences. I admit this, record this, play this back in five. You said they should draft Trey Lance. You're right. I think they should draft Trey Lance because I think you're 
you're swinging for the fences on the upside there. You may, you may strike out. You may Casey at the bat and spin yourself into the ground. But at least there's some hope there. But at least you tried. Right. And that brings us into Mac Jones, who my friend Mike Rodak, every, everybody's all over the place and nobody more than Mike Rodak of Alabama.com. <laughs> and I love Mike, but he comes on our station with Fitzy and I and says, no, wouldn't take him with the 15th pick. No, not worth it. Late first, second round talent. Then he goes on NBC Sports Boston and says, yeah, if you're the Patriots, I think you got to take Mac Jones. And I was like, wait, 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 what are we doing here? And then so we had him on again. And I still don't totally understand what he's saying, but it's basically he's kind of falling back on it. If you like him for your system and, well, then you just pounce. Like if you like a quarterback, it doesn't matter where you take him, just take him kind of mentality. And I agree with that. But for my – I just don't like him. I just don't think he's a you – know, You're buying that he was a, sort of a, a product of the Alabama system with a number of talented players around him and all his wide receivers made him look good. Yes, his wide receivers. We've talked about it before. Like Joe Burrow had a lot of talent, but you could just tell by the way he threw the ball, he was good. Matt right. Jones, you can kind of say, well, is it really him or is it who he's throwing to? And everybody – I mean – they're trying to prop up Mac Jones based on comparing him to Brady and his head and his work ethic and his it. He has it. That's a dangerous game to play because there's yeah. a lot of people that have it that fail. Like Jim Nagy today on Dalen Keefe said something like his ability to read the defense is something he's never seen before. He's so confident in that. So sort of like the Brady stuff. Like he, he does right. that thing well, but when it comes to being athletic and you know, all that stuff, that's not him. And it's telling yourself that he can have those intangibles that you really can't judge if you're not with – like Jim Nagy was with him for, what, three days at Senior Bowl? Right. And there's a lot of people that have the head but don't have the whole package or can't do it under fire, under – you know, in the pressure of the game with blitzes coming. And I still fall back on – it's before the draft, right? The draft hasn't happened, and everybody's comparing him to Tom Brady. But that's fine. Because at this point in Tom Brady's life, he was a sixth-round pick. Mm -hmm. If you want to get Mac Jones late in the draft, let's just say fourth-round pick because quarterbacks have become more important and they've gotten pushed up. Yep. I'll take him. Sure. Take him. Give me Mac Jones in the fourth round, and we'll see what happens. Compete with Stidham and, and Newton or whoever. We'll mm -hmm. see what happens. The 15th pick in the draft. I need to get a player in the, in the 15th pick in the draft that I feel pretty comfortable is going to be starting for me for the next five years. Five years, because I'm hoping I pick up his fifth-year option because he's that right. damn good. Then after that, hopefully I want to franchise tag him or sign him to a new five-year deal think, after that. Yeah. Is Mac Jones that guy? Like, the guy I, I – we, the name I started throwing out is, like, Andy Dalton. Like, as a, like a comparison? If Yeah, Andy Dalton had a really nice career in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. A lot of people would love to have Andy Dalton's career. Went to the playoffs, never won in the playoffs, but yep. went to the playoffs – multi-time pro bowler for whatever that's worth, you know, was able to make use of AJ Green, Mohamed Sanu, some of those guys over the course of the years, whatever. But he's not a franchise quarterback. He's not leading you to anything. And I think Mac Jones could end up Andy Dalton or worse, just a journeyman, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, he's okay. He's got some skills. He's smart. He's good in the room. He's got a work ethic, blah, blah, blah. I just, I don't buy the Mac Jones thing. I don't know about you. Well, and it's, it's so, like, 
all over the map. Like we talked about at the start, you had Mike Tannenbaum saying he'd be surprised if he got past number eight. You have guys, was it Daniel Jeremiah? Doesn't think he's a first round pick. Correct. So it's draft experts are all over the map on this guy. Well, I also think we have to like try to figure out what people are saying when they say it. And are they saying his talent or are they saying what I'm hearing, what could happen? Like, Daniel Jones was a guy that a lot of people thought was a mid-round pick. Right. The Giants didn't. So it only mattered that the Giants liked him. One team, right. And I know a lot of people are tying Matt Rule, the Panthers, senior bowl. He saw him up close. He got to hang yeah. out with him, see yeah. his smarts, blah, blah, blah. Maybe that's what they fall in love with. But if you look at – and I also think when you say something like, oh, he's got Tom Brady's it factor, work ethic, and – it means you don't have anything else to promote him. Because you know what most people would say about him? He's got a decent arm. He's pretty accurate. He puts the ball in position for his playmakers to make plays. Like, that's not exactly a glowing top-of-the-first-round recommendation. So now you have to say, you know, I see a little Tom Brady in him, and everybody goes, oh, ooh, he sees a little Tom Brady. Right. I don't really know if I buy it. Well, and also, he's only played one year. He's a one-year starter. It's not like we've seen this for multiple years either. And that's kind of the problem with a bunch of these guys. Like Trevor Lawrence, I give him great credit for that beyond his talents. He was – three years ago, he was supposed to be the first pick in this draft. Right. Two years ago. This year, like, he stayed the course. And a lot of guys over the years haven't been able to do that. They get anointed as sophomores, and then they throw picks. or they have a down – oh, their receivers leave, and then they have a down year, and, like, stuff happens. I give him credit for that, but – you know, you read the feature in Peter King's feature on Zach Wilson. Yep. And, you know, that they blatantly said to him, you got to win the job. It's not even your job this year. And they thought he would. They wanted him to. Right. But he was battling for his job. Mac Jones battling for his job. Justin Fields, it was his job. He's two years. So there's – I give him credit, some value for that. But Trey Lance is – could have been a two-year guy, but really ends up only a one-year guy at a lower level. So there's a lot, and I think that is in part what makes Trevor Lawrence special. Not just his abilities, but he's been the guy. Like, Andrew Luck was the guy. Peyton Manning is the guy. Like, those guys were born and bred, and, like, early in their careers, you knew what they were supposed to be. Um, But I I, I still think – do you – are you buying five quarterbacks go either by 15 or before 15? Yes just because I think that it's such a need. And I think teams look at next year as not being so great. I think Trey Lance is going to be the one that's available at 15 and maybe beyond In my new they, green scenario. So Mac Jones goes top 15. Mac Jones goes. Yeah. Somewhere either eight to Carolina, or maybe he goes a little more. Somebody trades up, whatever he, yeah, he goes. And then at 15, the Patriots are on the clock. Trey Lance is the last quarterback of that group, that mm-hmm. top group, whatever available. Patriots pass on Trey Lance, take my guy Jalen Waddle, who I've kind of fallen in love with, and then the Patriots trade back into the first round. That's my dream scenario now. Jalen Waddle, Trey Lance are the basis of the draft class. Well, I was going to say, couldn't the Patriots, if that scenario played out, couldn't they find a team that's destined for a quarterback to trade up to get Trey Lance? Maybe, but what if Because then you get those teams that are picking in the – high 20s and you know mid 20s to high 20s that need a quarterback 
could see Trey Lance fall to 15, they can move from, say, 26 to 15, where they couldn't move from 26 to 10. Right. Okay, now you're putting me on the spot like I put Giardi on the spot. I haven't necessarily looked into the details of the picks after and who you'd have to worry about taking him, where you'd have to get to, how far he could fall. That's my homework for next week's podcast. I'm going to do a little bit more pick-by-pick detail as to my dream scenario. Like the the Steelers. Like They're a team that probably would need a quarterback that could be a a team that could trade up to 15. That's a good one. That's a good one. Because isn't that Bill's thing, get value? Like, he could look at it where he could get, whatever, 26, a two. And I know Patriots fans probably wouldn't like that. They'd rather just take a guy at 15. But there are some deep positions in this draft where they could – and they would, still have a fir- they would still get a first-round pick out of it. Yeah, but not a quarterback. No. But and not no. – they could still get a, a good receiver, probably a good offensive playmaker. Yeah depending on how some of these other guys shake out Bateman and some of them. So again, it's so hard to like the draft's not for another two months. Like, no, I know, but it's fun to talk about. And it's more fun to talk about when you're talking quarterbacks and you're talking top half of the first round, you're talking about, could they trade up? Yes, they could trade up if they wanted to. Right. They're not not moving from 26. And this could all potentially change if they go out and trade for, I don't know, Jimmy Garoppolo or Marcus Mariota, like Sam Darnold. Like, would you agree that if, I, I don't know, if, the, if they took a, if they traded for Marcus Mariota, Jimmy Garoppolo, would they still be in the market for a quarterback at 15? Uh, I would think so. I kind of do too. Well, probably not Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo or Sam Darnold, no. But like a Mariota, like if they got an a average guy, either via trade or free agency, they're still going to be in the mix for a quarterback at 15. Right. I think if they got Jimmy – now they're in the mix to add weapons around Jimmy. Yep. Because I think Bill would believe in Jimmy. Now I need to, you know, Kyle Pitts is not going to be there, but Kyle Pitts or one of the receivers or maybe an offensive lineman to protect him. Who, who knows? I, I, I think if it's Jimmy, they're thinking more, we can win and we can rebuild in the next year or two. If it's Mariota, he's a guy, sure he has upside, but he's probably a bridge. We're still looking for the quarterback of the future. But who knows? And I don't think they're going to – I honestly don't think they're going to have a quarterback by the draft. Well, that was my next question, the timing. Like, yeah. I think Reese is the one that's been kind of pumping up. Like, the timing could be an issue they could – I don't understand it. I don't really either. Like, just because they don't have a quarterback in place doesn't mean a receiver isn't going to sign with the Patriots. Like, that receiver knows that Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels are going to find a guy. They're not going to go into the year with, you know, Jared And I guess in a, you know, all things being equal, but as Bill says, all things are never equal. Maybe that's the last factor. If somebody has two teams, exact same money, and he goes, well, I know this quarterback, and he might not be great, but I know this quarterback. I don't know this quarterback. Maybe. But I know I've said it to you a million times. I don't think you're going to have a quarterback that's recruiting anybody. Correct. With his ability, with his anything. I mean, Cam's the closest. You're right. Cam's the closest. Even if they have, if they got Marcus Mariota and you put Marcus Mariota on the same table against another quarterback around the league, that doesn't necessarily going to swing the table to the Patriots' favor. Right. Well, for example, the, the, the Cam thing, the column you wrote that maybe Cam yeah. is the one with the most cachet, the, the NFL.com list of free agents where they had Cam as the 25th yeah, 23rd, or 26th. 23rd, yeah. Like, are you, did you watch the games at all last year? Did you watch them 
at all. Right. And to me, that's an example of they said Cam Newton. They put the name Cam Newton meant more than anything that happened a year ago or the reality of his skills at this point in his career. And I think you could do the same with players. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Cam's the quarterback? Oh, yeah, MVP, Superman, Cam. Like, right. I'll go play with Cam. They might regret it. They might hate it. But I'll go play with Cam. Uh, do you want to continue a little Newton discussion? Like, I think this was maybe on Dale and Keith yesterday, like, would or Monday. Would he – how would he react to being a backup? How would he react to having a, a, a first-round draft pick behind him? Would he have the same mentality they did last year? Would he be an issue? Would he talk more? Like – how do you think uh, he, Cam could an, handle that? he could be an issue. I think he could be an I, issue. I think he admitted it in the I am athlete podcast when he said like that he even thought about lashing out sometimes or like, remember, he, I forgot exactly what he said, but he alluded to the possibility of like firing yeah. back for like, and, and he, he alluded to that. He was on a one year deal. I think that was his, right. his response. So if you, if he's back, and it's not going well, and then he's benched or whatever, and then the young guy's playing. Mm-hmm. Now he's now he knows he's done. Like there's right. there's no salvaging this. There's no next year. I think he could be more volatile, just like anybody could. We right. all could. Like this is not because I want to be careful, make sure it's not like a race thing or anything like that. But Ryan Fitzpatrick was pissed off, right? Because mm-hmm. he thought, a yeah, I know I'm holding the spot, but I'm playing well, and we're headed towards the playoffs. Why am I losing my spot? Like. Sometimes the plan, when a guy signs a contract and the plan is is articulated, yep. it's, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. And then you get into it, and the emotion and the pressures and the tensions, the anxieties of the time change how the guy reacts. So, yes, I think Cam – and this is not a shot at Cam. Nope. I think anybody, competitors, could have problems with situations. I mean, we saw it. Tom Brady was miserable. He was a an emotional drain on the 2019 Patriots. So. Anybody else can be too, including Cam Newton. If he's watching his career go down the drain, like now I'm flat out a backup. I was benched multiple times last year. Now I'm I'm benched for good. You know, the whole, I I don't want to go out like this that he said about retirement this year. Well, now you may not have a choice. You're going out like this. I, yeah, anybody could get, could become a, a problem in that situation. Uh, anything else you want to hit on before we get to some questions? We got a lot of them. Yes. Um, well, I don't know if we want to hit the questions. There's some names bouncing around. Are these involved in the questions or? Yes and no, but let's do the names first. I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. So Kyle Vanoy let go by the Dolphins after one year and 20 million, 15 million? 15 million. Pretty good money if you can get it for him for one year. For sure. Um, it, Fit-wise, yes. Kyle Vanoy, certainly they could use him yep. um, as, a, as a front seven presence, an edge presence. Like, you know, John Simon played a lot this year, but he wasn't at the level of Kyle Vanoy. John Simon um, was a lot like the Patriots wide receivers. He was asked to play a role too big for him. Yes, he was a domino too, too far forward. He shouldn't be there. Um, Vanoy had a solid season in Miami by all accounts. He had the same season that he did with the Patriots most of the years, but just not for the same money. That's why he was let go. So, and also not with the success around him, like the the boogeymen that did the numbers that defense put up a year before. Everybody was looked at better because they were contributing to a supposedly great defense. Um, But he's probably going to have more opportunities, right? Yeah. Like – I would answer the same thing for him. A, does he want to revisit it? Well, on one side is 
he liked the way he was used. He always praised Belichick and the way they were. That's great. But if he wants to win, he doesn't look at it any differently than anybody else, right? They're not. Well, I, I think him, he's going to turn 30 years old this month. He's looking at probably his last chance to cash in another contract. And he saw what he got last year. He probably knows he's not going to get that money. But he wants somewhere in that ballpark. And I don't think the Patriots are going to do that. Yeah, I think he's going to get more money or have decent offers on the table and probably from some teams that can compete. Can, can He could convince himself that's a – that's a Super Bowl contender or at least a solid playoff contender. So I would deem that a little bit of a longer shot because yeah. of I think he's still playing at a high enough level that the the opportunities are going to trump what the Patriots can offer. Did you like his statement, by the way? No, I did not. I, I thought it was awful. Like well, I, I don't like him, really. I mean, it, the, the statement was him. Like, right. I'm a leader. They look out to me. Like, the whole thing about him spending a night in the hospital. Like, so the, so the Dolphins shouldn't have cut him because he, he spent the night in the hospital? Yeah, he tried to use sympathy. He tried to be a hard ass. Like, all wrapped up into one. I've never got him. Nope. And, like, when I talk to him even, it's like, I don't I – don't, we're not connecting here. I don't – I'm not seeing things – like, and that's, that's where the whole thing came from with Felger and Maz and Paul Perillo and – Yep. You know, him being kind of a, a jerk and, you know, like not people not liking him. It's the reality. I don't know why that's not okay. Like, who was it that said, was it McCourty's that said, like, his wife keeps him in check? Yes. Yes. Like, even his teammates, they like him, but they acknowledge, like, he's different. It's like he can rub you the wrong way at first. And sometimes, yeah, yeah maybe the wife needs to, like, explain, ah, that's just him being him, whatever. So I've also never understood why do I have to like him? I can acknowledge he's a good player or a bad player and also acknowledge I don't really like him. I don't really like Chase Winovich. I don't know why. I can't tell you why I like things, why I like chocolate, vanilla, Oreo, whatever. But I can tell you Chase Winovich had a decent year. Kyle Van is a good player. They rubbed me the wrong way. When did we get into a world where you're not allowed to not like somebody? Like, it's not, it's not going to affect my assessment of his play. I'm a big boy. I'm a professional. I can watch these guys play and decide whether he made a good play or a bad play based on the actual play, not whether I like him, dislike him. I don't know when we had to become jock-sniffing superfans in this business, but most people are. You can't say you don't like a guy. Right. Uh, Kyle Rudolph? Yes. I'd take him. I would, too. He, kinda, um, he fits kind of perfectly. Perfectly. Can, aging, fading. Like, I'll admit, aging and fading. But not going to cost you a ton of money. I don't think so. Especially with some of the other tight ends that are going to be on the market or expected yep. both cut guys and true free agents. Yep. Um, I think he's a good fit, especially if you're hopeful for Asiasi and or Keen yep. and anything in there. And you're adding, quite frankly, he's the guy they should have had last year. Um, and I know they pursued him via trade two years ago and it didn't right. work out. They re-signed in, in Minnesota. But you look at him at his best, again, He's not at his best anymore, but at his best, he was an 80 catch guy, then a 60. Mm -hmm. He's faded every year. But other than last year, he was durable. It's like yeah. five of the last six years, 16 games, something like that. A lot of 16 game seasons. I, I don't really see the downside to him. He blocks a little bit. He's athletic. He's a big dude. I, the only downside would be if somebody else is willing to, to give him more than he's worth at this point. Right. I mean, I will say if you brought him in, you would have to make sure you add like a true number one or number two receiver. Like, you couldn't count on him to be the difference in the passing game? No, yeah, no. But 
he's if you add a number one and a number two receiver and you had Kyle Rudolph as your tight end, I think you could do a lot worse around the league. And again, I think some of it is how you feel about Asiasi. Like, do you think Asiasi is an ascending pass catching talent? Not ready. I'm not saying he's going to catch yeah. 60 or 70 balls, but is he? He's going down that track. That's a good point because if you don't believe in Asiasi, then maybe Rudolph's not the guy, and you have to find somebody that can actually be a contributor, like a not not an aging tight end, probably someone that's going up. Like Jonu Smith. Yep. Who I think is probably going to get overpaid, so probably isn't a realistic option. But if you don't believe in Asiasi, then adding Rudolph to a guy you don't believe in, now I just have some mediocre, like right. If I'm hopeful that Rudolph can be uh, the veteran early, maybe Asiasi by late in the year is catching four or five balls a game and starting to maximize his potential. Now, I don't. I haven't seen enough to judge that. Like, I don't know what you think of Asiasi. I haven't seen enough. I have, I, I thought I, he was. Gonna, I thought he was going to be great last uh, July. Right. So, but we also need to get the quarterback in play. I, I don't. I don't like not having strong opinions on players, but I do not have a strong I, – I think you can talk yourself into he has potential, he has athleticism, he has playmaking ability. I think you can also talk yourself into he has questions, and we'll see if it ever comes together for him at the NFL level. But if I had to sign one of those two guys, it would be uh, Rudolph, I think. I think he's a good fit for what they need. And then my other guy is Henry Anderson. I've always liked Henry Anderson. Uh, I posted a blog story on the website today. You have nobody on the defensive line right now. You have absolutely nobody. Byron Cowart is the building block mainstay of your defensive line. And some people who are even Patriots fans might have just said, who? Byron Cowart? I mean, I kind of saw the name last year, but that's who we're building around? Um, I mean, Lawrence Guy is a prime candidate, no pun intended, for to re-sign before he hits yeah, free agency. He's in his mid-30s, early to mid-30s. He's a guy yeah. you're looking to – uh, take some things off his plate, not add to his plate. Yeah, it, I wrote in the thing today, you know, in terms of the their free agency need draft. Like to me, you the best case scenario is resign guy, get a veteran who can play, not a not throw a dart, like a veteran yeah. who you think is going to really contribute, and still draft a guy probably in the top two or three, three rounds. rounds that you think we can build around because I think that's they need that much help up there. They don't. They, they don't have a lot. They've been kind of skating by that position the last couple of years. Like, yep. Lawrence guys bailed them out. Oh, 100%. If you could – the really ideal case is get somebody like Guy, who you don't pay all that much money, and then you find out, wow, this guy is one of our better defensive players. Like, he's a captain quality guy. But hitting that home run twice in a row on the defensive line, probably not all that realistic. All right. You want to get into some questions? Um, can we one more thing before we get into questions? Sure. So, did you see the story, um, the Tom Brady uh, Terry Bradshaw story? I skimmed it. Were you familiar with that? Because I was not. I wasn't. Like it's been around since obviously 1983. Um, yeah. But apparently, Terry Bradshaw, when he had surgery on his elbow, 1983, Louisiana Hospital, he checked in as. Apparently, they did this a lot back then for celebrities and athletes, so people wouldn't know they were checking in. His alias was Thomas Brady. Like, I'm sorry. That is, I know everybody, oh, and Lincoln's secretary was Kennedy, and Kennedy's secretary was Lincoln. These things happen. 40 flipping years. There's only three guys that have won four Super Bowls. One of them had already done it. 
and the other made up a fake name of one of the guys that was going to do it 35 years later. Yeah. As I wrote in the little blog I did, that is some like quantum leap back to the future type Marvel movie tie-in crap. That's yeah. unbelievable. It's a cool story. I don't really, I mean, there's no real argument or no, discussion. Just saying, you can really argue, debate, but it's, it's a, like you said, it doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen every day. It's freaking cool. And don't they not really get along? Isn't there a Bradshaw Brady thing? I feel like um, they don't really get along. You could be. I don't really know. I feel like Bradshaw has diminished Brady. Ah, don't take me at my word on that. This is just Andy going off the seat of his pants, and sometimes the old brain's not what it was. Not right. Speaking speak of Andy, our friend Chad Moore asks, when is Andy going to shave his grizzly Adam's beard? It's a great question. I feel like it's coming. It's coming? Yeah, I feel it, I, like I'm, and when I do it, I'm going all in. I'm shaving everything, getting a haircut, going back to normal. I don't, I don't, I can't answer that right now. It's probably when, probably when the world comes back to a little normal for me, which means going back to the studio and coaching. I got yep. coaching coming up in a couple of weeks. Lacrosse is supposed to start. Baseball will be after that. My somebody said, "Oh, you, you got to shave that before you start coaching again." They're th- going to think you're a pedophile on the field or something. Yep. I don't know why beard means pedophile. I've never really made that connection myself, but somebody said that to me. It's it's probably getting close. I don't know. My wife likes it though. My wife kind of wants me to keep it, but she wants me to keep it like trimmed. I was just keep it, but yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm like, if I'm trimming it, I'm getting rid of it. I'm not. Oh, nothing. It. Yeah. The benefit of this is I haven't shaved since early December. I'm not trimming and sculpting and doing any of that crap. You only have it. You've only done it because you're lazy, basically. Yeah, because I don't leave the house. Right. And it's right. just easy, like. Right. You're not going to put the time and effort to trim it. If you're going to do it, you might as well just get it all off. I agree. If, if, I, if I break out the clippers, it's not going to be to, like, touch up. It's going to be, meow, meow, meow. the whole damn thing's gone. Soon. I would say within the month. Uh, from Joel from Hall. This is a good one we didn't get to in the podcast. What is the most the Patriots can get in return for Gilmore for draft picks? Also, one start player the Patriots could get for Gilmore if they went that route. I'm rooting for picks. Uh, a second round pick. I'd be rooting for picks too. A second round pick. Yeah. Now I have, you know, my, my grand scheme plan of Trey Lance in the end of the first round. I do think maybe you could use Gilmore in a Trey Lance trade with a team in the bottom of the first round because they're theoretically a playoff caliber, Super Bowl caliber team. They might like that as a, a strong asset, but in all likelihood, I can't envision you getting more than a two for him. Whoever signs him is going to, I mean, whoever trades for him is going to have to hand him, I don't know, $20, $30 million because he still thinks he's playing at a really high level, even though he's a post 30 year old cornerback. So I would say second round pick is your dream. Um, Star, did he say star player you could get in in return? Yeah. Um, Those trades don't really happen very much. Yeah. Star, I mean, yeah, I can't really think of. I can't really think of, I mean, could he be involved in a Jimmy trade? That'd be a team that could use him. I mean, let's just theorize the 49ers, phone's ringing. You got to get it. 49ers. The four, oh, it's from Tacoma, Washington. Nice. Yeah. The 49ers trade for Deshaun Watson. So now they're trading Jimmy to the Patriots. Well, they probably think they are now a Super Bowl contender with Deshaun Watson. 
They add a veteran cornerback. I don't yeah. hate the idea. Okay, so Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm throwing that name out there. I can't really think of any others. You got any star players they could get for uh, Stephon Gilmore? Somebody else who's in a contract thing with somebody maybe? Not really, right? <sighs> That's a. I think your best bet is to get like a second round pick for him. Right. right. Uh, this is uh, for my own sake. Has Joe Montana already said multiple times that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback in NFL history? I thought so. Me too. This is a thing going on. TMZ has the story today, and now everybody's running with it. Like, he's, he's already said it. Great. Uh, more importantly with Joe Montana, I actually thought of this because he's got like a new Guinness commercial, I think. Yeah. Has he looked the same for like 40 years? Yes. Like he's had the same little bit of balding, but like the same the, – the middle is still – I feel like he hasn't changed at all. He's – I would agree. He's one of those guys that looks the same. Like he probably looked a little older at one point, but now it, he's looked that way so long, now he looks younger at this point. I don't know. Just a random thought. But, no, I thought he had said – I don't know. Are we still doing Brady stuff? I mean, I posted People a are trying to, this yeah. morning. Sorry, I, I blogged about Brady this morning. My bad. Uh, this is from Lido. Of the players returning yep. from the opt-outs, how many will actually be on the team come week one? Well, I don't know if you saw on social media, Marcus Cannon, Cannon. Squatting, squatting up a storm. Um, but again, just because he's active and ready to play, doesn't mean the Patriots will have him for that money. Yeah, that's if hard. he doesn't take a pay cut, I think he's gone. That's what I wrote in my Sunday thing. Like, everybody's talking about Hightower, Cannon, Chun coming back. There's a real possibility that if he's not looking to take a pay cut, Marcus Gannon gets let go. And Chung is the tough one because he actually costs more to cut than keep, right? I didn't realize that until I looked it up for that thing. Yeah, like – I think he's going to be on the roster because you wouldn't – you'd lose money. The only thing – the only way I think he's not on the roster, if he does one of those, he shows up for camp and realizes, I don't really want to do this anymore. I'm retiring. Right. I'm out. Uh, I do think Hightower is definitely on the roster. Um, I think Cannon is not on the roster. I think Chung is on the roster barring a retirement. And Brandon Bolden's on the roster, I would assume. He's not going to cost you anything. Brandon Bolden, I'm going to guess, is on the roster until Rex Burkhead rejoins the roster because I think they re-sign Burkhead at some point at low yep. money. But then he yep. starts the year on um, PUP, PUP, rehabs, and you could make a Burkhead for Bolden swap midway yep. through the season. Uh, Marquise Lee. The way the wide receiver position is, how the hell should I know? Like, right. I think – I mean, it's hard because he's now – is he now three years away from, like – A lot of injuries. Yeah. Like, yeah. Been, like that's a long time to be away from the game. But their wide receiver depth chart is so wide open. How the bleep could I – well, right. ironically, wide open only in depth chart talk, not on the field. Yeah. Um, how could I – I have no idea. What about my guy? Super back Dan Vitale. Good question. Because I actually think Jakob Johnson has improved as a fullback pretty nicely. When you say that there's probably a – like they're not going to be both on the roster? Well, not only would I say they won't both be on the roster, I don't think Vi – is it Vitali or Vital? Vitali, I think. Vi I don't think Vitali and Keen can both be on the roster. I think That's there's it. overlapping in their roles. So right. I guess – if you, I guess you could have two of the three, Jakob, Vitaly, and Keen, but I can't envision all three. And you might only get, I mean, who knows how it plays out? You could only get one possibly. So, right. right. Yeah, I think that, that's interesting. Matt Lacoste, 
I got to think is gone, right? Unless he comes back as like the fourth tight end, but like they already have two rookies, probably a guy that they signed, two second year players, guy they signed for agency. That's probably not a spot for him. I can't unless they do absolutely nothing from here on out at tight end. I can't envision him. Like they could it. potentially go into training camp with a free agent signing tight ends, Asiasi, Keen, and Lacoste, but that doesn't mean that Lacoste is on the roster come week one. And you're not gonna have four tight ends. No, I I think he's a long shot. I think he's a I would say Lee is a long shot. Lacoste is a long shot. I don't have Bolden quite as locked as I think you do, but I do like my scenario of Bolden and Burkhead making a swap at some point during the year. Uh, it's from Eldred in North Carolina. Is Bill ever going to sign any wide receivers who can beat man coverage? <laughs> I don't know. Yes, I would assume yes. But So you mean speedy athletic guys. Right. Oh, we should talk about um, Julian Edelman, speaking of wide receivers. Sure. You think Julian Edelman plays for the Patriots this year? Yes. Okay. I, I screwed that up. Well, I should have said, do you think Julian Edelman plays in the NFL this year? And then I should have said, do you think he plays for the Patriots? Yes and yes. I don't, if he plays in the NFL, the, the, Patri- the Patriots would kind of be stupid to let him go. Yes, I would agree with that. It doesn't cost much. I think he's still going to find something left in the tank. I think he would benefit from the team adding a number one or number two receiver. I think there's still a role for him with the team. The only thing I would say is, is there how much value does he have as a part-time role player for the Patriots as compared to a part-time role player for a good team? Like you could argue he can go somewhere else. I know the sexy one would be Tampa um, and be a shell. Like remember the, to start the year, what was he playing? Like 40%, 50% play time. Like he was the extra receiver. I don't think he started any games, right? Wasn't he? 0 for 6 and starts something like that or at million like one yeah um if he's that like what's the point for him for the team could you trade him for a mid-round pick what, or, was say, what would you even get from it probably be like a mid-round pick and he'd have to prove you might even have to trade him for a conditional pick where he right proves he's healthy proves he can make a roster and i mean and it is you're right from his perspective he only has one or two years left, why does he want to kind of waste that with the Patriots who probably aren't going to be a Super Bowl contender? They don't have talent around him. They don't have a quarterback. Like, I don't know. Wouldn't stun me if he were traded. It wouldn't stun me, but I think that the Patriots could get – he could benefit the team. I think he's a good role model for these younger receivers. Also wouldn't stun me if he retired, if he got to the point and it was like, I just – it's not here. It's I can't do it. That's the other thing, too. Like, does he want to really, like, push the issue to go through a season of a ton of pain to play for the Patriots, who are probably going to be right. 10, and, 10 and 6, 11 and 5 at best? Like, 11 and 5. You I said, smoke, it, I you said it best. I said it best. You think the Patriots are going to win 11 games next no, year? No, I said at best. Like, that's well, the at app- best, they would win 16 games. Right. <laughs> I'm just – if they – if all the dominoes go and fall in the right places, they could, they could potentially go 10. No, you said 11. Don't backtrack now. All right, 11 and 5. If they go, if everything goes according to plan, if they, if they get Trey Lance and he's the greatest quarterback to come out of the draft in some years, if they get some tight ends, some receivers, sure, they, they, they can win 11 games. 
What do you think the chance of them winning 11 games is? Is it even 1%? 5%. 5%. You are an optimist. You are a, you got a little, you got a little fitzy in you. Hashtag go Pat super fan. What's the Andy Hart uh, Patriots prediction for 2021 right now? I mean, isn't it N.A. or like? Yes, but. I mean, who's on the team? What's the ceiling? The ceiling right now? Yeah. The ceiling right now is four wins. But that's right now. I'm like, right. I'm just assessing the talent they have right. Like, who's on the team? All right. You're right. N.A. Should be N.A. Actually, let me go a little higher than that because I've been promoting Jarrett Stidham, the year three jump. Right now, he's the quarterback because yeah. I'm assuming he's not losing the job to Jake Dolagala. So I'd say right now the ceiling is six wins. Okay. Right. But the ceiling will change come September. Well, it really will change like March, next two weeks from now. March, April, yes. 100%. Uh, Talk to me in. Last question from Chad Moore. It's kind of a good uh, non football question like we used to do. Yeah, you used to provide these. Now I have to lean on the tweeters to to provide these. Cake or pie? I mean, it's a broad question. Like, (laughs) it's not broad. It's a good. I thought it was a good one. Well, it mattered the specifics. So you're saying my favorite pie versus my favorite cake? I would say so. Yeah. I think I'd go lemon meringue pie. My mother's lemon meringue pie. My wife's lemon meringue pie. They they share the recipe. So. But it, nowhere else. I've yet to find another lemon meringue pie I liked. When I buy them in stores and restaurants, they blow. I regret it every bleeping time I order it. But my mother slash wife's lemon meringue pie, otherwise, cake. Okay. Because I do love cake. Like, now, my cake would have to be either a vanilla or a red velvet or a carrot. Carrot cake's good, too. Um, You're an but, ice cream cake guy? Like it, don't love it. Okay. Go- and which kind of ice cream cake? You mean like the cheap stuff, like no, you get at kids' no. parties, or no, like, like like real ice cream cake from like legit a, Cold Stone Creamery or higher end? Like yeah. uh, those are good. I do like those. Those are better than the than the kid party that has like the little brown things in the center. Like yeah, you know, not, the little, not a yeah, not a huge fan of those. It's fine, but it's not good. I would never. But no, if I were gonna get, and I like a lot of frosting. I, never can there be too much frosting. Like I like an inch of frosting yeah buttercream or cream cheese frosting very thick i do like i've been craving cake a lot lately which is weird i don't know why yeah that is weird. well because you haven't been to any birthday parties that's probably why that probably is i haven't had cake i can't remember the last time i had like good cake well yeah no parties you're right usually well, you go to a bunch of kids parties and you get like oh yeah sure did you get all the kids first yeah i'd like a piece <laughs> And I'll take two, actually. Do you have any leftovers? Oh, you got leftover? Do you have a corner? I like frosting. <laughs> but it's true. You haven't been to any parties, so it's kind of like yeah. there's, no real, there's no reason to have cake. And I don't we've, – we've done takeout a lot. You don't do takeout desserts. No. And we went out once, and I, I don't usually order dessert when I go to a restaurant unless it's like – a special occasion or something. So, so the, the trips to Indy the last couple of years were special occasions? Well, yeah, it was on somebody else's dime too. <laughs> but yeah, you go to a nice steakhouse, a lot of times you want to end with they have nice desserts. Yes, they do. Whereas, although if you, I do like the cookie pie dessert you can get at a lot of places now where you just, in the little skillet. The cookie, little cookie skillet, that's, that's it, yes. We got those for Christmas. Not as easy at home as you think, so. I actually, 
so that's good. I have one. We haven't made it yet. It looks kind of complicated. Well, we made one that wasn't good. And then the others actually said, I don't know if you know anything about um, like cast iron skillets. A lot of them you're supposed to, I think they call it season it first, where you're supposed to like put it in the oven, heat it up, take it yeah. out, put oil in it, rub it's it around. Put directions. It. Yeah. And I'm like, I just want the effing cookie. I don't want to go through an hour's worth of work before I can make that's, the cookie. That's why we haven't done it yet, because it's like a two-hour process. But the good thing is once you do it, you have it. It's done. You're ready to go the next time. And what I was thinking, you can obviously just buy like those snap-off chocolate chip cookies. You could just put like four or five of those in the skillet, throw that in. So I might do that tonight. I might uh, do one of those skillets. After I get off with mutt at nine o'clock, I might have a little dessert. You didn't answer it. Pie or uh, cake? Cake. Not even a question. There's not like- you like any pie? I am not a big pie guy. Save that audio. Um, you don't like apple pie? Nope. Don't like apples. You don't like apples? No. What the hell is wrong with you? A lot. I know. You don't like apple pie? No. Pecan pie? No. Blueberry pie? No. Nope. Nope. I don't like blueberry. I do not like blueberry. I, I, just don't uh, like, I do like apple. I just don't like the texture of pie. I don't know. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different kind of pies. Ricotta pie, isn't that like a, an Italian dessert thing with like ricotta cheese and powdered uh, sugar? No, like ricotta cheese. Jesus Christ, what do you like? Can always set a Okay, what kind of cake do you like? I could get by with a lot of cakes. Chocolate cake, vanilla cake, ice cream cake. Carrot cake's not bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody loves the cake part of carrot cake. It kind of has to go with the, the sweetness of the frosting, right? right. Like. Right, right. A tool to get you the frosting. Yeah. That was a good question. Remember when you used to provide these? Yeah. That was a good one. That was a very good one. That was a good one. We got into different subtopics of that too. So we'll, maybe we'll bring that back um, in future episodes. So what's our, what's our plan going forward uh, next week? We got to – it's the week – it's probably our last – it's our free agency preview, right? So we'll probably get GR – let's do two next week. We'll do Giardi. Definitely do one with Giardi if he'll join us. I don't know. He's mad at me because I made fun of him. But I was going to say, he hasn't really. He had time to write some big, long Patriots expose. He's been, has been on the air, so he's got plenty oh, of Did time. I read that? I heard that was good. Did, was it, did you read it? Yeah. Was it good? It, was, it had some good information. It wasn't anything we didn't already know. Like, he okay. had some anonymous quotes from players, but it wasn't anything, like, earth-shattering. So the McCordys, what'd they say? <laughs> I, was gonna, I actually went through my head. So this was probably expert. <laughs> um. But yeah, like he's a he's Mr. National NFL guy. We should get him. We'll tell him to prep for it so he doesn't yeah, get so when, it, when you ask him for names, he has names. Right. But yeah, well, maybe we'll shoot for next week at least one free agent preview with Michael Giardi, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Because we could have news by then. We could have David Andrews resigns, Lawrence Guy resigns, James right. White. They could cut somebody. They could cut right. a cannon or something. Who knows? So lot, lots of potential news starting to come down the pipeline here. Yeah, some actual stuff to talk about, not just talking about the quarterback and talking yourself into the guys. So we could actually have some stuff. Woohoo! Let's go. All right. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Peace out. Hi, Bruins fans. Looking for more coverage of your favorite hockey team? Follow the Skate Pod hosted by Scott McLaughlin, Brian DeFelice, and me, Bridget Pru. Get your Bruins coverage from WEI's team of Bruins writers. We're the people who are at the games and talk to the players every week. For analysis of every Bruins game and exclusive interviews with the players, listen to the Skate Pod on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.